What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of Time with Nye. My name is Nia West, and you're listening to my podcast. That's crazy to say. You're listening to my podcast. That's crazy. <laughs> well, I'm so excited that you guys are tuning in. And since it being the first episode, you know, there's a lot to go over. There's a lot to say. So check your clocks. It's time to tune in. Well, to start things off, I just want to do a quick introductory of who I am and who you got who you guys are listening to behind the mic. Um, my name is Nia West, like I said. I'm 21 years old. I go to Lincoln University. My major is Pan-Africana Studies with a minor in biology. I am from Atlanta, Georgia. I grew up in Gwinnett County in Duluth, but most people who don't know Georgia or know the counties, you know, you want to know what Gwinnett is. So that's why I just say I'm from Atlanta. But Grew up in Duluth, Georgia. Um, I grew up with my dad, and I have three siblings. I'm the third. There's all four of us. I'm the third. Um, a fun fact is that I'm named after my dad. My dad's name is Ian, and I'm Naya, so his name is I-A-N. And if you flip the words around, N-I-A, you get Naya. Um, what else about me? I'm just an avid learner. Um, I love Black history. I got that passion for my dad my dad is heavy in his history he's very intelligent very noble very smart um being raised with my dad he was the one who told me about a lot of history especially coming from school and learning the things I learned in school and my dad would be like no that's wrong I'm like what how is that possible so we would have so many family discussions of just insightful information and as a family we would come together and speak about these things and my dad made it a, made it a point to have us educated I am biracial my mother is white um, I didn't grow up with my mom but my dad made sure that not only was I aware of my German side my mother's side but he also made me aware of my black side and who I am in America as a biracial black woman so yeah, that's a little bit about who I am. Um, like I said, my major is Pan-Africana Studies. So I do a lot of research and history on African descent, people of African descent, African-Americans in America, um, the African diaspora, about how we got how we got um, sent across the whole Americas, you know, Central, south america and north america how we um the africans in america the africans in africa um the slave trade how that impacted us but not only that but i also look deeply into the history of africa and um it's been an amazing for, so far this first year me being a pan-africana major it's been amazing i've learned so much so i'm gonna take you guys back a couple weeks ago to february 7th february 7th was my was my dad's birthday happy birthday dad again and february 7th came out um a netflix documentary called who killed malcolm x so that whole weekend i just happened to be sick and usually i don't binge watch binge watch watching netflix to me is like a privilege like i'm i don't really have time to watch tv but this pacific weekend i was sick so i was like what? 
Malcolm X and I'm sick binge watching it's like a win-win kind of weekend and for those if you don't know me now you know Malcolm X to me is my husband you know I have a poster of him I read his autobiography twice I absolutely adore Malcolm so anything about him I go crazy over so of course I was like yeah I'm, I'm tuning in I'm watching this so I I start watching it it's six episodes each episode is 43 minutes um directors were Phil Burst Bertelson and Rachel Dredson and they put together this six series documentary about who killed Malcolm X now I actually want to definitely shout out this activist who is an independent scholar named Abdur Rahman Muhammad he is all throughout the documentaries he's the one who basically pioneered this because his information of this um of who killed Malcolm X it didn't start recently he's been researching this for years that I found out when I went and looked back at his work you know he's been researching this for some time now so you know I, I watched the six episodes and a lot of the information was redundant a lot of the information I knew but some information I didn't and what really caught me was that I my I myself like I was puzzled about Malcolm's murder I was like you know they always just say it was these three killers from the nation of islam and that's who killed malcolm and that's it but there never was specific details there never was specific like this is what happened you know there's conspiracies of course fbi government was involved which of course everyone knows but as to who specifically killed malcolm i just never actually found that part out so when i was watching this documentary and i was listening to how he put together evidence that he received at public facilities I thought it was mind-blowing I was like wow you know he's finding out information that I probably could have found out if I just pursued it as much as he did so I like that he used valuable credible sources when he was citing the information about Malcolm's murder you know he didn't go to any conspiracy theories he didn't use any weird websites he stuck to legitimate sources he went to facilities he obtained physical primary evidence and i thought that was very interesting so anyways going back to the documentary um watching it i thought it was i had a lot of reactions i'd say my first reaction was probably i was furious i was upset um I think looking back at my, looking back at Michael's murder, it kind of um, opened up a lot of anger for me, and it always was hard for me to realize that it was our own kind that killed a leader that great. You know, our own kind went and killed someone as brilliant as Malcolm, and when Mr. Muhammad went into his research and he really started putting the pieces of the puzzle together, it was even more upsetting. But basically in his research, he was saying how the three men that got indicted for the murder of Malcolm, two were innocent, one wasn't. The one that wasn't innocent was Thomas Hare. And he openly admitted that when he got caught, you know, he was involved in the situation, but the two other men that had got caught with him were not. Um, in the documentary, Mr. Muhammad goes into depth with the two men who were not 
criminals in this act. They were not at all involved in the murder of Malcolm, but they got charged for it and went to went to jail for prison for over 20 years. So, um, Mr. Muhammad actually follows up with one of them who's still alive today. Name has changed, but you know, he lives with it to this day. He has a lot of, a lot that he's dealing with, like losing, um, time with family going down for a murder he didn't commit like that can be that's probably anyone's worst fear is going down for a murder you did not commit so Thomas Hare who was one of the assailants involved in the assassination of Malcolm X did commit the crime and while he was in prison you know and a couple years afterwards he came out with an affidavit basically saying that you know I was involved in this but the two people that are jailed for this crime did not commit it however these are the people that did it and in his affidavit he listed i believe seven other men in his affidavit however when this information was received from police uh news no one pursued it we kind of just no one decided to released the two other men prison no one decided to take this information seriously it kind of was just swept under the rug in a way so once his affidavit was released you know he listed the other assailants involved in this act and one assailant he listed was a guy named willie x now through the documentary known as known as um, William Bradley, or his Muslim name being Al Mustafa Shabazz, he was the one who had fired the fatal shot that killed Malcolm with a sawed-off shotgun. That was the main piece throughout the documentary was a sawed-off shotgun. That was the weapon that killed Malcolm, according to his autopsy report. That sawed-off shotgun is the one that was fatal. So technically, he would be the one who murdered Malcolm. Although the other ones involved definitely had a part in his murder. He was the one that... He was the one that shot the fatal shot. So when he went into research of this guy named William Bradley, he found out who he was. And all the assailants that went to the Abidjan Ballroom February 21st, 1965, they all came from Newark's mosque in 20, mosque number 25 in New, New Jersey, of course. To me, um, it's just, it just kind of, it was insane that, you know, it could be someone from your own, your own kind. And then, the Newark mosque according to the documentary was led by another Muslim who was a radical and he he wasn't too fond of Malcolm either he wasn't fond of Malcolm and of course as the nation of Islam they stood with their leader Elijah Muhammad which is completely respectable but you have to acknowledge the fact that Malcolm did a lot for the nation of Islam and he was not given the right I would say, in my personal opinion, I don't feel like Malcolm personally was treated the way he should when he found out, you know, his beloved leader was disobeying everything they they were teaching. You know, Malcolm, he was very strict in the ways of his life. He 
went by rules and he followed them to T. So when you you see someone who you look up to, you admire, you cherish, you love, and they're teaching you something, but they go against their own teaching, it can be confusing for anyone. Um, so with that, of course, Malcolm's split for the Nation of Islam, things got ugly, very ugly. And of course, people who are faithful to Nation of Islam are going to have Mr. Muhammad, Elijah Muhammad's back fully, which is completely understandable. I just don't think the idea of Malcolm Murray should have been thought of shouldn't even be shouldn't have even been carried out but nonetheless it did um so getting back to the assailants come from the from the newark mosque number 25 they according to the documentary before the february 21st they had went february 20th to the ballroom and they kind of scoped out the ballroom and were like you know these are some areas we could hide they plotted out how they were going to carry out this murder they plotted out the um disruption they were going to cause in the ballroom hey you're in my pocket you're in. they came up with this whole plan to get malcolm murdered in the documentary when abdul rahman muhammad was doing his research when he approached members of the mosque or just members of the community who were known muslims or within the nation they kind of gave him a a, a, a passive aggressive kind of interaction they were like you know, why are you pursuing this? You need to let this go. This stuff that we talk, like Malcolm's murder isn't something we talk about anymore. We've, we got over this. You know, he kind of was told to, you know, don't bring that trouble around here kind of thing. And I was like, wow, like, why would someone, and Newark also is a city that has a high school named after Malcolm. Why would you tell someone who's pursuing this murder, you know, you need, don't bring that around here. We're over that. I, that doesn't make any sense. I thought, I would think from myself, you too would want justice for what was done to Malcolm. But some, some, some civilians of the city of Newark didn't. They didn't want that. They felt that things were going fine. This kind of um, pursuing of this is going to cause a big stir up. It's going to cause trouble, all that. But Mr. Abdur Rahman, Rahman Muhammad didn't stop. And I appreciate that he didn't. He kept researching, even through all the pushback he was getting from the city of Newark, some civilians. So doing his research of William Bradley, the one who had the sawed-off shotgun, the one who shot the fatal shot that killed Malcolm, this man, William Bradley, is an active member of the community. So much so that in 2010 of the re-election video ad for uh, Mayor Cory Booker, he was in the ad for about, you know, maybe a second or two but he was in the ad an active community member him and his wife owned a gym also in the city of newark his wife carolyn uh her name is carolyn shabazz and she owns a gym and um i, I just i thought it was mind-blowing that you know people in this community could possibly know what's going on but not speak up and say something so, like I said, within a documentary, he was going about his research and he pursued William Bradley a lot, was getting a lot of research on him. Where does he come from? Um, how is how is his life? Just trying to figure out all that he that he can about Mr. Um, William Bradley. When he was re when he when Mr. Um, 
Abdurrahman Muhammad went and spoke to members of the community as well about William Bradley possibly being assailant was involved in the murder of Malcolm X. Everyone denied it. People actually said that, you know, this is a kind of hush-hush secret that's kept in the community. It's basically like the streets are talking kind of thing. And people acknowledge that that's something that they've heard, that some some people felt that other people may think that he was a part of it, that he was a killer. But they completely dismissed it. They were like, there's no way Mr. Bradley or Al-Mustafa Shabazz would have any part in that. You know, he wasn't that kind of man. He didn't stand for that kind of thing. Um... But also, people who'd come directly from Mosque Number 25 that Mr. Abdurrahman Muhammad interviewed also said that, you know, Al-Musafa Shabazz or William Bradley, he never spoke of Malcolm. He never spoke of Malcolm. Never spoke about the whole instance that happened. He never spoke of it. But he did live his life faithfully as a Muslim and followed his religion closely. Um, I, I, I just think to me hearing all this was just mind-blowing me personally i i would want to have justice for malcolm for his murder but some people in the community don't so i wondered like how can a man like william bradley commit such a crime and be able to go into his community and still be accepted for that um for people to kind of know about it for people to kind of be like you know it ha- it was going to come either way and kind of just be accepting of the fact that Malcolm was going to get murdered either way. It was going to happen. It just happened to be from Newark's mosque, but it was going to happen anyway. Um, I feel like this documentary was very eye-opening. It gave a lot of information, especially the FBI that has countless records of not even just Malcolm, but Elijah Muhammad and his conversations he has with his um, members, his faithful members. And the documentary offered perspectives from people still within the nation. And some members of the nation even said that, you know, Elijah Muhammad didn't technically have to say that Malcolm needed to be murdered. But if he needed something to be done, it would have been done because people were that faithful behind him. So the murder of Malcolm was bound to happen. Malcolm knew it was coming. Everyone knew it was coming. But for the fact that his murder just went nullified and it brought two people down that were innocent in this that is something i i I just it just shows how unfair this justice and criminal system we have set up because even when information was received from the fbi about who possibly could be a murderer who possibly committed this crime none of the information was given to the nypd the fbi had a vivid a vivid description of one of the killers describing William Bradley, but information was never pursued. Information was never given over to the NYPD so that they can do a thorough investigation. So the NYPD locks up two innocent people when the FBI has the correct information, but they don't want to, they don't want to free these other two men. They're just going to keep the information that they have to themselves because that's what the FBI does. They investigate they don't um get involved in police matters they just do high high intensity investigating on people's lives the documentary i'd say was 
sad. Um, I didn't like. I like. I love the fact that he did the research, but finding out what I know now, it's it's not. It's just. I don't know. Someone who's a, a huge advocate for Malcolm. I'm not a big fan of it. I I don't. It doesn't sit right with me that people in the community would openly take Mr. William Bradley back into the community and um accept him. But some might say that you know that's how the religion of Islam is. You know, you do those things. You accept people for their mistakes. You forgive. And you know, I'm sure if Malcolm was alive today, or he's probably looking down in heaven, he understands that. You know, he probably forgives his killers as well. But for you guys to love him so much and name a high school after him and let his alleged killer walk around in your city, that's just hypocritical. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, just, and even, even, um, even, um, William Bradley, his wife, Carolyn Kelly Shabazz, she even denied the allegations actually of, specific quote from her was as god Allah is my witness there's no way my husband could have had a negative thought in his head about malcolm x my husband is no more guilty about what happened with malcolm than you or i basically saying like to me is basically saying you know we're all guilty for malcolm's murder and we all let his killers walk away don't try and criminalize him now because you let this go on for way too long. Don't come looking for Malcolm's murder. It's been way over 50 years since it's happened. That's just how I feel. That's how I took it. Um, I just watching the documentary for me, you know, um, it's stuff that I didn't know. And it's sad because this information has been out for a long time because um, Manning Marable, she made a book called Malcolm X, A Life of Reinvention, she took um, research from Mr. Abdur Rahman Muhammad, who this Netflix documentary was based off of, and made a book in 2011 and published it in 2011. It's 2020. Information like this is just now coming out. Well, it's been out, but it's, you know, it's hitting Netflix now. I feel like maybe that's a new way of getting us to tap into invaluable information you know you got to put it on a netflix you got to put it on a, a show so when people have to watch you know people are not gonna willingly going out looking for a book to see well i mean obviously this information wasn't cared for because even william even thomas Hare, the assailant who really did kill malcolm put out a whole affidavit and that information wasn't even taken seriously so i could see why in 2011 when manny marable released his book um why it wasn't even noticed but that's just my little two-piece on the whole idea of who killed Malcolm X, the six-episode documentaries. I do recommend everyone to watch. I think it was very, like I said, eye-opening. Um, even from, like, people like Cory Booker, the mayor that was once for Newark in 2010, his re-election video. Like, I wonder how he got interviewed in the documentary, too. And he kept saying, alleged killer, alleged, alleged. We're not for sure. We're not for sure. But even so, you know, you willingly picked up um, Mr. William Bradley and had him in your had him in your um re-election video like I'm sure you're from Newark I'm sh I'm sure you heard the the secrets I'm sure you heard the rumors about him I'm sure there had to be some kind of talk but 
I'm only giving a half of what this whole documentary offers because it really is eye-opening. Even people of people even in office still, elected officials still, when Mr. Abdurrahman Muhammad went to go interview, were like, yeah, I heard that. I heard that rumor before. And nothing was done. Nothing. But that's just my little piece on it. I thought it was really eye-opening. Um, I am going to look more into this myself. Seeing a lot of the stuff that I saw within the documentary, I want to visit these places now. Definitely want to go to Newark, New Jersey. Um, definitely want to visit Malcolm's grave, his old home in Queens before it got firebombed. Definitely going to do a lot of that. Maybe even might go to the Abidon Barroom. I might. I might. But this definitely just kind of um, revamped my passion for Malcolm and for Black history and everything. And it was one of the main reasons why I wanted to launch this podcast because I was like, man, I want to get my ideas out, but I don't want to talk on Instagram live anymore. I want to have a sophisticated platform where I can just relinquish my ideas and my thoughts. So this was the first episode of Time with Nye, and I hope you guys enjoyed spending your time with me as much as I enjoyed spending my time with you making this podcast. Um, this should be on iTunes by now, hopefully, <laughs> as you're listening to this. And um, you can subscribe or, you know, follow or, I don't know, download this podcast series. I'm not too sure how it goes right now. I'm still following and still learning, but that's the whole process of life. Um, Definitely feedback from me. If you have anything you guys want to say, anything I could add, anything I can improve, let me know. This is just the first. We have many more to come, and I'm not done. Um. There's still a lot to learn. Like I said, this is this is just the beginning. So I'm so excited. I don't know where this is going to go for us in this podcast. And I can't wait. You guys are awesome. Thanks for spending your time with me. I'll see you next on Time with Nye.